Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. And tonight, I'm on a bit of a soapbox. Let's start with a question. What is the biggest indirect impact that name, image, and likeness has had on college athletics? Sure, there's there's certainly direct impacts. Young men and women are making life-altering money before they're even considered professional athletes at this point, which in theory is wonderful. It's a fantastic opportunity for kids to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. And one could argue that that should have been the case and how things were going for a long time, but it's a new rule. And so there are indirect or unexpected impacts that have happened. So what are some things that may not have been intended, but are now happening since the rules changed a couple of years ago? A good example uh, would be when a few weeks ago we discussed the impact that the transfer portal has had on high school recruiting and how hundreds, if not thousands of kids are simply not getting the phone calls that they would have gotten otherwise before the transfer rules changed. The JUCO route used to be a, a set and standard way for kids to transition themselves from high school athletics to Division One college athletics. Well, now the JUCO route is taking a hit because coaches and programs can add players that have already been at the Division One level for years at a time, and they're ready to come in and play right away. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago, how it's just not great for the lower level uh, colleges, Division Two and three colleges, uh, and, and high school recruits overall. So that is an indirect impact of what the transfer portal has done. So in my opinion... The biggest indirect impact that name, image, and likeness has had thus far is the ability for programs to lower their moral standards when it comes to the coaches that they hire. So what do I mean by that? Let me give you an example. Let's say a coach is sitting in the living room of a low-income family. He comes in, gives a firm handshake to dad, hugs mom, and... He's a nice and respectable man. He takes the time to lay out a plan for the student athlete and how well he is going to take care of these people's child as he or she is headed off to college hundreds of miles away. He talks about how he's going to develop them and turn them into not just a better student athlete, but a better person. He's going to prepare them for adulthood. Be the father figure away from home. And through all of that time, there was no mention of money or any exchange of monies or anything like that. Now, imagine another coach comes into the same home. And no longer than can he get in to the front door, he starts talking about name, image, and likeness. And he has an offer for this five-star kid or four-star kid. Uh, If they come and play for him, he's going to give them $1.5 million in NIL deals. And that is now completely legal. So beforehand, before all of this happened, the coach with moral values and principles and a structured plan for this child or this student athlete 
more often than not, he would win the recruiting battle because the morality and the values that he is going to instill in the kid are just that is more valuable than a lot of things that a coach could offer under the table back then to to most families. Now it's completely legal and players and parents are having life changing money thrown at them right away. And sometimes that covers up a lot of underlying issues that a coach or a program might have. So let's take Ole Miss, for example, the rebels just hired Chris Beard. If you're unaware, uh, come out from underneath the rock that you've been living under. But Chris Beard was arrested for domestic assault on December 12th and was immediately suspended by Texas uh, after that happened. So just to catch you up here, on December 12th at about 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, Austin, uh, Austin police showed up at Chris Beard's home and... Upon arriving, a female answered the door who was Chris Beard's fiance. And just so you know, I am reading from an affidavit for a warrant of arrest and detention for Chris Beard here. So this is this is a police report. The female that answered, being Chris Beard's fiance, when she answered the door, she said that they had been upset with each other for a couple of days regarding relationship issues. And there was a verbal art, a verbal altercation that had turned physical at some point. And when they asked if things had become physical, she replied, yes, he just snapped on me and became super violent. And she said that he had choked her, that he threw her off the bed, that he bit her, that uh, she had bruises all over her leg. Uh, and he was throwing her around and going nuts. And she says that she called the police because she just didn't feel safe. Now, that's why she called 911, which understandably so. So when they asked if he was choking her, she said, yes, I could not breathe. And he did it for probably five seconds uh, where she proceeded to demonstrate having an arm across her neck. And long story short, there was an altercation. They hadn't been talking uh, while he was at work. And she got frustrated and broke some reading glasses that he was twirling in his hand. And after she became frustrated, she did that. She left the room. And approximately 10 or 15 minutes later, she came back with another pair of glasses to offer to him. When she came back in, she states that Christopher slapped the glasses that she was wearing off of her face. And she attempted to retrieve the glasses. And at that time is when the physical altercation uh started and she was thrown from the bed and, and things of that nature. So when the police arrived in the report, they said that she had scratches on her back, scratches on her right eye, bite marks, abrasions on her and, and bruises on her left leg. She had a cut on her left leg. She was having difficulty breathing and was breathing quickly whenever they showed up. She was clearly in duress and distress and it's, it's quite clear what happened. There's no, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Chris Beard got physical with his fiance, and she called the police out of fear for what was happening. And so at the top of this police report, in bold letters, 
he was he was charged being charged with assault by strangulation or suffocation, which is an offense level third degree felony. Now, because the charges were dropped by the district attorney office in Austin, Chris Beard's coaching basketball again at the Division One level. And before you come at me with this, well, the charges were dropped thing. Okay, Art Bryles never had any charges filed against him. Where is he coaching? Is he coaching at a Division One level? No, he's not. There's a reason for that because there are consequences for your actions. And high-profile individuals like coaches are under a microscope. And so they're going to face more scrutiny when that happens because they're supposed to be examples for student-athletes on and off the court. And so these consequences for your actions should be, well, you decided to do something that was morally and unethically and unethical. You're not supposed to be doing things like that. You know better than that. And so there used to be consequences for that, meaning you're not going to coach at this level again. Well, now that's not the case anymore. Before NIL, it seemed that there was more of a moral line that you just didn't cross. And now morality seems to be kind of an afterthought whenever you compare it to winning and more recently winning now. So think about this. Rick Pitino, Adidas scandal. Everybody remembers that. In 2017 with Louisville, um, it became a pay-for-play scandal, which is now perfectly legal. Um, He's the betting favorite to land at Georgetown. Bobby Petrino, Texas A&M's new offensive coordinator. Does anybody remember Bobby Petrino's uh, little motorcycle ride with his mistress on the back? Everybody remembers uh, when he showed up for a press conference and a neck brace while he's the head coach at Arkansas. It's one of the most memorable sports images I can I can remember seeing. Hugh Freeze, he's the new Auburn head coach, was at Liberty for a while. What happened with, with Hugh Freeze? Oh, that's right. While he was at Ole Miss, he was using his university-issued cell phone to facilitate meetups with prostitutes. I don't think you can do that. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, another example, a little different here, but uh, he went on a a booze-fueled tirade at a USC booster event, among other issues uh, involving alcohol. And then just a couple of months ago, uh, before Texas' bowl game, he lost his mind on an event staff member uh, that was trying to keep him from walking out of the tunnel before he needed to. Uh, You can look it up. It's all over Twitter and Facebook and and uh, Google, if you if you want to look there, I he never was reprimanded for that. Not he, no apology was ever given. Nothing like that. Those are just there's things that you just that you don't do whenever you are a an example for these student athletes. There's just things that you don't do and you're not supposed to do. And he crossed the line. I just don't understand how. All of these coaches that have been fired from previous jobs for immoral and unethical reasons have now found themselves back in high-paying, highly regarded positions of leadership. But really what it comes down to is, it's because they win. They win, and they win often, and now they can win now. NIL has allowed them 
to do that now. And the transfer for, and the transfer portal feeds into this too. It's not just name, image, and likeness. So a coach like Chris Beard, for example, he can leave his position at Texas, be fired from his position at Texas. He can fall back on the success that he had there his first year and the success that he had at Texas Tech before that. And the kids that he has been recruiting, the student athletes that were wanting to come and play for him at at Texas, he can just tell them, hey, you know, the same plan's going on over here at at Ole Miss. The charges were dropped, that, that, you know, brush it off. That never, nothing, it was totally untrue, even though it was in a police report, um, a legal document. And he could brush all that off. We've got the same NIL deal over here for you guys. I've got great booster support. Actually, I can probably offer you a little bit more now because we have SEC money. And you can come over here and play together, and we will turn this program around in a year or two. And we will make Ole Miss the place you want to be. You can do that now because of NIL. You also can do that because of the transfer portal where kids I, – I, I don't have any inside information on this, but it would not surprise me one bit to see Texas or Texas Tech or whoever have kids leave uh, in the transfer portal and, and end up at Ole Miss playing for Chris Beard because he has national championship experience. He's played in a national cha- or he's coached in a national championship game in the last few years. He's been to a Final Four. He has all of this previous success that he can sit on, and there's no repercussions for what he did. And so let's just give him booster support. Let's hire him. It's okay. Uh, In the SEC, winning just means more, apparently. And that's why guys like Hugh Freeze and Chris Beard have jobs there. So – and I don't want to be naive and act like this kind of thing hasn't been happening for forever. There there have been things covered up and there have been scandals for as long as there have been sports. But at least teams and coaches used to be reprimanded. They used to be held responsible for things. Whereas now it just kind of seems like it gets brushed off a little bit. And sure, like things like what Rick Pitino did are perfectly legal now. I I I think Patino is kind of in his own realm right now because the paper play scandal that he did, it was wrong when he did it and he knew that. Now it's not. So there's things have changed sides on that. But with him being the favorite to land at Georgetown, it just kind of feels a little dirty, doesn't it? It just that's just my it's my opinion, and I think that many people share that opinion. But let, let's steer back to my main point here. What Patino did was wrong. What Bobby Petrino and Hugh Freeze did were wrong. But what Chris Beard just did just three months ago is despicable. He put his hands on a woman, his fiance, and left all kinds of visual evidence that were recorded in a police report. Whether or not the charges were dropped, it was very clear what happened that night in Austin, Texas. But now he's coaching at the Division I level, 
just three months later. And to me, that just, that didn't happen before. At least not this quickly. You had, there was a process that you had to go through. And it seems as Ole Miss just saw this and was like, well, he's a winner and we've got money to win now. So let's just give it to him and let him run this program. And uh, the, the charges were dropped. So, I mean, she was lying, right? Like, it just that eats through me. I cannot believe that that's the kind of thing that's going on in college athletics, but that's just where we're at now. So, all right, I'm going to jump off my soapbox. That's going to do it for me here tonight. I really appreciate you guys joining us. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week and, and coming back to the show. If you like the show, make sure and give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.